Hey there, and welcome to Why Is That Important, where regular people come for interesting ideas and perhaps a little debate. Uh, I'm your co-host, Joe Wanger, and I'm here with uh, our other host, Andrew Martin. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, And uh, each week we have the privilege of interviewing someone who has something they feel is important enough uh, to talk about, and we'll take some time, discuss it, and maybe even perhaps disagree on it. And today we are joined by Tim Yorty. How's it going, Tim? Good. How are you, Joe? It's been an interesting day. I've had to uh, deal with literally dog poop and people threatening to call the police due to lawnmowers. So it's been a it's been a fun weekend. Into can can we days. dive into the dog poop story a little bit? I'd like to hear sure. a little bit more about about that. I don't know sure. what you're into, Tim, but diving into dog poop is not <laughs> on my list of recommended activities. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um, I can I can talk about the story instead of diving into it. We uh, we had I'm I'm the president of an HOA, and um, apparently there was a couple houses that had a lot a lot of dog poop behind them. And when the people who mowed came, um, they rolled over it, stepped in it, and were pretty frustrated. And had somebody had an, a, another separate issue that they 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 um, very. Um, was, we'll call it a verbal altercation, um, and they were mad because people were there before eight o'clock. And uh, through the process, actually learned that eight o'clock actually is the start time for a noise ordinance um, with lawn, when it comes to lawnmowers, not just general noise. And so we were they they said they weren't going to mow until we fixed the issue. And so I had the joy of leaving notices on doors and finding dog poop in people's yards that don't even have dogs, <laughs> and getting the lash back from that of getting notices. So it was, it was interesting. I'm so oh, it sounds like you're a popular guy in the neighborhood. I <laughs> yes, I am a popular guy in the neighborhood. What'd you say, Andrew? <laughs> so glad I live in a community that doesn't have HOAs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's upsides and there's certainly downsides. Um, but it's, it's a good, it's a good stretch for my leadership ability and, my ability to um, show sympathy and, emp- and empathy and deal with <laughs> and deal with people's crap. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, Tim. Uh, why don't you just tell us now that we've um, waded through all of that? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, give us a little bit of background and um, just you know how how maybe uh, we know you, or at least how you think we know you. Uh, okay, so. <clears throat> Uh, let's see here. Well, I've known both. I've known you, Joe, at least since you were born, basically. Andrew, I, I know, I've known you for a long time, too. I don't know how long, but probably about close to that. I don't know. Um, we went to the same church together. Joe, you and I were in a band together. Andrew, you uh, you came to a lot of our shows. Um, he was a roadie. Yeah. Yeah, we needed one because we didn't, we didn't, we certainly didn't have any groupies, so we need at least a roadie, right? Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, currently I, I did have I, fun for the record. So did we most of the time. Uh, <laughs> you, you guys look like you were having fun, to be honest. So we it was fun. To fun. Be part of. We had fun, not money. Yes, yeah. that is a very good way of putting it. We were we were not financially solvent uh, <laughs> with our band. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, that was a, that was all a long time ago. Now I live up in, uh, the middle of nowhere in cool country in the, around a bunch of hillbillies and I try to survive that. Um, yeah, so that's how I know you guys. 
Cool. And uh, so, like, a little bit of background um, for you, like, obviously band and, and music and stuff. And so, like, like what kind of – what are some things that you have been maybe big drivers for uh, for you in regards to this topic? Uh, you know, well, we didn't really introduce the topic yet, I don't think. Did we? No, we didn't. That's okay. Okay. Here's your perfect opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Let's segue into that now, shall we? Uh, so, uh, topic I chose here is therapeutic creativity, and the idea being that uh, you know we all go through different stuff in life. We're all a little bit messed up. Uh, we deal with different struggles, whether it's with work or at home, or just you know the little voice inside our head that you know says we're not good enough or whatever. And creative outlets can be a great way to. Uh, to kind of work that stuff out, get it out of your head. You know, once once it's once it's out of your head and onto you know a song or just artwork or whatever, it it kind of takes a different shape and and you can deal with it a lot better. Um, and not everybody's like that, you know. But uh, you know, and certainly not everybody's musical. But anybody can pick up a pen or a pencil and draw something. It might not be very good. But that doesn't matter. It's you know, it's it's your thing. It's your uh, your voice to you know kind of work on. Um, you know, it could be poetry. It can be stories. It, whatever it is, and and that's you know, I found that with my own music. Um, you know, the songs I write. The most recent song I put out, only the good Lord knows. I mean, that was a song about uh, the loss of someone close to me. That I wrote the song a year later. And just trying to work out those feelings, and the song doesn't necessarily give a lot of easy answers or resolution for people that you know everything's going to be okay. It's it's just kind of a song of questioning why and what what possibly could have been done differently. And you know if your your listeners are interested, they can find that song at yordymusic.com. Uh, they can take a listen for free on Spotify. Um, no pressure to buy it or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know that's just that's just one example of of you know, taking something, getting out of your head and and committing it to a creative effort and in that case, putting it out for people to hear and experience and, you know, hopefully gain some solace and comfort from it themselves. So do you, Tim, do you think there is like a minimum quality threshold that is necessary to achieve the the stated therapeutic effects, like obviously you're, I, I don't know what level of professionality you want to describe your musical ability, but much greater than I would imagine. Very low person. end. <laughs> Still much my, greater my than my own mine. abilities. <laughs> I witnessed you willingly getting up in front of people and playing a musical instrument while singing. I would not never do either one of those yeah, things but, in front of see, people, Andrew, let alone trying to do both that was at punk. once. That was punk music. That doesn't require much talent. <laughs> wow. All right. Way to alienate Just offended a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, I, I, no, uh, I understand your point. But I, I guess my question is, like you were saying, that little voice inside your head that says you're not good enough. What if you're like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw and, and get this out. And you draw something, and all that makes you feel is, man, I'm not even good enough to draw how I feel about not being good enough. I'm just, I'm just curious if there's a, a possible negative feedback loop that you see. Um, well, I would hope not. I mean, it, when I, when I do music, I specifically do it to, with the end 
with the end game in mind of putting it out for public consumption. And, and that's not really what I'm talking about here as in general with the topic, because most people don't have that goal in mind. So, you know, I think if you're not ever anticipating the thing you're creating as being out there in the public view, I think there's probably less of that voice in your head of, oh, this isn't good enough. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, I, just for example, outside of the, uh, the music realm, occasionally I like to draw comic strips. And when I say occasionally, I mean like once a year. And they're not very good at all artistically. But just that, that, that process of, of taking that slow time of trying to make it, you know, decent for my own, you know, skill level, it just, it just clears the head. And, and, you know, you look at, um, you know, soldiers with PTSD, you know, they, they have art programs for them that try and get that, you know, whatever it is worked out in their heads, so they can deal with life again. It's, it's not, it's not just me saying it. It's, it's a, you know, I don't know, documented thing, scientific thing that, that these sort of efforts can, can help fix people, uh, to a certain degree. Um, you know, one, one example I really like to look at is uh, George W. Bush. And it, if you look at you know, his presidency, he sent uh, you know, soldiers into Afghanistan, into Iraq. And there's a bunch of anecdotal evidence, uh, you know, stories out there that he took it very personally and hard when soldiers died or were injured because of orders that he gave, places that he sent them to. And you look at, you know, after his presidency here, he took art lessons, and now he paints portraits of wounded soldiers. You know, I, I don't know the guy personally, obviously. Maybe we can get him on here to interview sometime. But uh, <laughs> I think that's his way of working out, you know, the kind of crap that built up in his head while he was president that he couldn't, he didn't have a chance to really process. That's just, again, my opinion on that, but that's the way I see it. I appreciate so for you, that. Um, yeah, so for you, when, just to get on a, on a personal level, so, like, was was music something that you got into way, you know, forever ago when, when you started? Um, like, was it because of, of, a, of a time in your life when when you were low or was it like, like as you look back now, like what, what was that thing that actually kind of first led you to, um, to music as your therapeutic, therapeutic create or creative therapy? Um, therapy you know, when I, when I first, uh, when I first got into music, it was, uh, you know, I grew up in a household where music was not, we weren't allowed to listen to much music. Um, it was, we we had Steve Green and we had Sandy Patty, and that was it. And then then Sandy Patty got divorced, and then then she was gone. Um, <laughs> uh, so so we had Steve Green. <laughs> um, so when I got older in my teens and started listening to you know, a little bit broader range of music, uh, very quietly because I still wasn't allowed to, um, I just started hearing these different different things and and. I just I wanted to be a songwriter. Like I didn't even I didn't even think about performing. That wasn't even in my mind. I just wanted to be a songwriter. I don't know why. Um, and then you know as that skill developed a little bit, and you know, it, it just became a means of uh, expressing 
you know, any pain or whatever, or, uh, you know, you guys have heard some of my songs, your, your audience probably hasn't, but my songs tend to range from trying to be funny and make other people happy and very personal and trying to work out junk in my own head, you know? So it, it wasn't getting into music had nothing to do with, do with this idea of, um, working through problems it just that kind of developed as my songwriting developed so the songwriting became a tool rather than you know necessity is the mother of invention where you needed an outlet and so you just like you forced songwriting into that corner rather songwriting was something that you were interested in and you discovered that it was fun or relieving or useful or what you know whatever you want to call it to write about things that fall under the category of, you know, therapeutic, I guess. Would, would that be fair to say? Right. Well, and if I hadn't gotten into music, it probably would have been something else. Um, <clears throat> it's, um, you're going to have to edit out all these ums. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. Um, lost my train of thought. If you look at you know, creative people in general, um, that in in Hollywood or in music or whatever, there's a lot of them that you know we we look on the outside and think, man, that person is so talented, but then you know, it's you hear about them having some sort of you know breakdown or they get into drugs or alcohol or heck they commit suicide. There's there's some weird reason with creative people why they deal with um, depression more for some reason, and that those creative outlets, it it helps keep those those negative voices at bay, I guess. Um, and that's not to say that I deal with some sort of horrible depression or anything, but I think there's there is something different in creative people's brains that they need those outlets. Um, so, like I said, if it wasn't music, it would have been something else somewhere along the line that would have taken its place. Do you think that that applies specifically or exclusively even to artistically creative people, or do you think uh, creative people of all stripes, whether they be you know artistically creative or say um, in the engineering or sciences or you know any number of other fields, creativity oh, yeah. can be manifest yeah. as well? Do you think there's that appears as well, and it's just that we see these artistic people because they're they're more famous? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's there's it, it's almost like a meditation thing. You know, I think when you're when you can put your mind to something and and put your hands to something specifically, something physical. You know, we spend so much so much time just you know watching screens or you know on our computers watching Netflix. Um, our minds are just engaged in. It's not really engaged, really. Just this kind of sitting back and watching life that there's something different that happens inside of us when we use our hands to make something, whether it's something artistic or, you know, even just cooking something, you know, some, for some people cooking is their therapy. Uh, it's, there's something that happens inside of us that are, that it's in our innate nature to need to make stuff and do something real. That's not, you know, not just observing life through a digital world. And for some people, eating that cooked food is their therapy. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty fat, so 
<laughs> I'll take your word for it. So do you think do you think the the necessity of physically making something um springs from an idea of trying to create something permanent? Like if I can if I can make something that can outlast me, then I am worthwhile. Um uh- yeah, I mean that that could possibly be a different uh different take. I mean, everybody wants to be remembered, right? I mean, nobody nobody wants to reach the end of their life and think, "Man, I left nothing behind." Um in some way, we're all trying to be recognized. Um we're all we're all searching for something uh greater greater than what what we are. Um and push hopefully, you know, pushing towards something better. Uh not just not just going through life. I there's two types of people in the world. Um, there's, and, and, and there's, there's some in between, but there's consumers and there's, there's creators and, and you can either go through your life consuming everything that everyone else has made, or you can create things yourself. And it's, you know, like I said, there's, there's, there's in-betweens there. There's not, not, nobody's in those exact extremes, but, um, Yeah. I'm not going to reach the end of my life and think, man, I should have finished watching all nine seasons of the office on Netflix. What was I thinking? I didn't finish it. You know, no one, no one's going to reach that point. Um, I sure hope not, especially not with the office. Well, (laughs) that's the whole nother. That's part of the, why is that not important? A couple (laughs) seasons were a little rough, but, (laughs) but you, you take the point that, um, you know, maybe, Maybe I reached the end of my life and I hope that I had created something similar to the office if that's my deal, you know, if that if if visual arts is my thing. There's I don't it's we're getting a little off off the subject, but I just think somewhere inside of us, each of us wants to do something bigger than ourselves and and create something lasting. So if there's if there's a person out there that would disagree with this premise that you're you're putting forth, like what would be They're losers. <laughs> oh, <that's> just, okay. <laughs> they need to write a song about it and then they'll feel better. That's okay. <laughs> Make a statue. Um <laughs> like what well, I mean, what do you feel like people who would oppose this and say, you know, like like creativity is great for creative people, but um it's not for everybody. Like, what would you say to them? Yeah, and and there's certain people that it's it's just not in them that much. You know, I I went to a music college and there was people in that music college and and some guys I knew in high school that were so more talented than I am at playing their instruments, but they weren't necessarily creative. You know, I mean, they could they could play other people's songs way better than I could, but they couldn't write songs. So you know, not everybody's creative in that in that regard. I get that, um, but like I said, it doesn't have to be music. It can be you could just draw something, you could write something. I mean, there's just just keeping a journal of your thoughts and stuff. That's that's its own form of creativity. Like I said, cooking it could be anything. It doesn't. The word creative can be applied to so many different situations. Um, you know, it, it's it can be anything. I I think. Joe's premise is that uh, f- take those people, for instance, who are 
amazing at playing their instrument, but not necessarily amazing at um, creating something new with that instrument. Do you, is it possible that they get the same sense of satisfaction, you know, out of a nearly perfect mimicry of something amazing that you do out of creating something new? And so that, you know, their creative outlet if you want to call it that, I mean, I think that might be a misnomer for the way they see it, but their out, their therapeutic outlet is recreating. I mean, recreation is essentially to create again, right? So, oh yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. So instead of creating something new, instead of saying, you know, these ideas that are within me, I want to bring them into fruition, they might say, these ideas that someone else has you know, set down in a identifiable manner. I want to, I want to make a copy of that so that I can identify with it kind of thing. So being able to play, I don't know, what's a really difficult song to play on the guitar. Well, for them is more important than being able to write something that other people want to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, we've, we all have songs or maybe, maybe we don't all, but most of us have songs that have some sort of emotional connection to us that, that other people wrote, you know, we hear, hear them come on the radio or, you know, we've got the CD or whatever and we're driving our car. We're, we're singing along with it. We're feeling that song. It, it experiencing, um, just other people's creativity and, and, and getting healing through that. Absolutely. And, and there's, um, like my my curse is that I every time I'm working on music, in my mind is always the end game of okay, how is this gonna sound once I get it recorded? What's the finished product going to be? I I very rarely am able to just sit down and just enjoy playing for the sake of playing, and and as you said, just playing is its own form of creativity and and um can be its own therapy for people and some of those most just kind of soul cleansing times that I've played guitar are those times when I'm just playing and feeling feeling the music that I'm playing not with the end goal of creating a product for for public consumption but like I said that I have trouble getting that out of my own head but that's just me so would you potentially make the argument then that the the people who who would say that like that's not for everybody they just maybe they haven't found or maybe they haven't even realized the thing that brings them that place of 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 healing and and comfort well yeah and and I think it's not everybody knows how to deal with the crap that's going on in their lives i mean obviously people people drink their problems away they they do drugs they you know, they don't have healthy outlets to Work deal their with problems this stuff. away Right. And and I think my main point is that anybody can at least explore other options, you know, and, and maybe maybe music isn't their thing. Maybe drawing is their thing. Maybe cooking is their thing. Maybe just, I don't know, going out and stacking rocks in a river like some of those people do. That's their thing. It, yeah, I was if you thinking, got, I was thinking I have, I, have two, uh, I have two friends that are like, that are in kind of, One's actually in the construction business, but also makes furniture on the side. And then another person um, works a shop for um, uh, the, the the hospital around here. And both of them, well, neither of them would say that they're 
creative in any in any manner like they would they would look at you know musicians and say well i can't do that i'm not creative and yet like i have seen some of the most magnificent um woodworking or or um furniture or things come from them that i'm just it for me i look i look at that and go man i i wish i could do half of that um like if you've ever seen any furniture i've ever made you understand <laughs> like there's it's a gift and a talent and they do it. It's very therapeutic for them to actually, actually do that. Like, I think we tend to pigeonhole the arts and create the arts and creativity together. Um, when creativity is actually, I think, is something that act, that encompasses much more than just um, art and music. Absolutely. Well, and I think Silicon Valley represents some of that because you don't think of Mark Zuckerberg as being. You know, you think of him as being very creative, but you don't think of him as being artistic. So I think that definition has broadened recently, even if, you know, there's certain unfair or fair comparisons between those two camps. Um, but I, what I think it fails to connect with is the people, like you were pointing out, that don't believe themselves to be creative, but you put a problem set down in front of them that they're familiar with, and they find interesting, unique solutions to it. And they don't see it as creative because it's the way they've done something else. But somewhere along the line, they had to learn that process and they might put it together in a unique way. But they fail to see that as creativity because it's something, you know, they don't see it as original. It's something they were taught. They're just mimicking it. But I think there's there's a level of creativity in how you use mimicry too. Like if you can put things, existing things together in a new way, that is just as creative as creating something new. But I think a lot of people fail to see that. So for the person who's listening, Tim, from your perspective and your opinion, um, who's, who is like, you know, I don't have something, but I wish I did. Like, do you have any, any, any thoughts or, or recommendations on a way that they could maybe get started or start processing through um, what that thing could be for them? Yeah, I mean, the easiest way is the internet, honestly. I mean, you can learn how to do anything on YouTube. So you just, I mean, I'm not a fan of Pinterest, but heck, people do all sorts of creative thing, things on there. But, you know, just some examples specifically, if someone's interested, thinks they might want to do music, um, you don't have to learn guitar, I mean, because that's, that's a tough instrument for some people. There's an instrument called a mountain dulcimer, which is just three strings, and it's tuned, I believe it's called diatonic tuning. I could, could have that wrong, but it, it's really hard to play a wrong note on that, and it just sounds really nice no matter where you play on that fretboard. It's really nice. Um, you know, for for artwork, there's, um, I believe it's called drawspace.com, I think that's it, um, where you can take some art lessons for free. And like I said, there's, there's YouTube you can learn anything on there. doesn't matter what it is. Um, if my wife, she picked up knitting a few years ago, and, and she does all sorts of creative things with knitting. Just no, no limit to what you can do. Just explore different things. And if you try something and you don't like it, move on. Who cares? It doesn't cost you anything to try something, or you know, it might cost you a few bucks. But if it, if it helps you come to a better place in your head and, and which, you know, in the end re would result in getting to a better place in your relationships and, and your own self-esteem and then it's worth it. Just try it. Can't hurt. Right. 
guess that depends on the activity, like jumping out of airplanes <laughs> without parachutes, if that's your your thing. <laughs> well, you know, that's I doubt it would hurt. a creative way to die, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, some guy just did it. Um, okay, so, like, how, if, if for the person, they, they're trying something out, and... Um, like, like, what is that like pinnacle or that that place of, of, of joy? Like for you, what is that? What does that feel like? Maybe try and describe that for somebody who who's feeling like this is crazy. This is crazy talk. This Tim guy. Um, like, what does that? What does that look like for you? Uh, it's, you know, when I, when, like I said, when I do music, I'm I'm oftentimes thinking too much about the end end product so that's not when i'm writing songs um if it's a very personal song that can be uh, it just brings all the emotions to the surface i guess you could say uh when i'm doing artwork which i like i said earlier is not very often um it's just a head clearing thing like time will just fly by and i won't even realize it and it just there's just something so mentally satisfying about losing yourself in in a creative project, even if it's not very good, which, as I said, my art is not good. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. And you have to be okay with that, especially when you're starting out. And if you want to get better, then you practice every day. But otherwise, just be happy with where you're at and, and enjoy it. So along those lines, because I've, I've been thinking about this a bit, and I own a guitar. I'm looking at it right now, actually. Um, and there was a period of time where I thought I was going to learn to play it. But as it turned out, for me at least, I got zero satisfaction out of practicing um, and I couldn't play anything. And so I got no satisfaction out of trying to play it or trying to practice it. And so it turned into a wonderful dust gathering tool um, and slowly detunes itself. Um, But I guess what I'm saying is there can be a large activation energy hurdle that you have to get over in order to want to put the kind of effort into something and having no idea what the return might be. And I think for a lot of people that can be the hurdle of saying, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, drawing cartoons is great, but I can't draw a straight line, let alone something that resembles anything. And I'm just going to be actually disappointed with my product. And yeah, writing songs and playing music is great. But, you know, when people hear me sing, they say, you know what, it's probably just better to mouth the words and let other people carry the tune, which was something my uncle was actually told in school, in choir. They were like, please just don't so like, sing, just pretend you are. And so, so like for Mariah certain Carey, people, <laughs> sure, I'm not sure what you're referencing, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, but I think for some people, being creative is actually like hard and it's not, uh, especially in an artistic creativity sense. Um, and like cooking, for instance, I know plenty of people that literally couldn't cook to save their lives. You gave them a dead fish and they would starve. Um, so I, I guess what I'm saying is how do, how do people who don't feel like they have skills and don't enjoy practicing things, uh, get the benefits of a creative outlet? Well, they just need to find the right one. Here's what I think you should do with that guitar. I'm going to give you, this is, this is personal advice for you right now. What you're going to do, you're going to take the strings off of it, you're going to take it outside, and you're going to turn it into a planter. And you're going to, that's going to be your creative thing. You're going to plant stuff in that guitar. So you're still getting the use out of that guitar, just not what you originally intended. 
My goal at this point, now that I have a son, is to just let it continue gathering dust because it doesn't take up that much space and see if he gets any enjoyment out of playing it. And if not, then I'll turn it into a planter. Andrew, I I actually have a thought about the question you asked. Um, I think when... uh, what what people need to do is, is take stock of their time and see where their time is spent and see where the time didn't feel like like time was 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 happening at at a normal pace so to speak um where they got oh, lost I thought you were in something say, I thought you were going to say where they felt like they you know weren't accomplishing anything and I was going to say I got to go guys I've got things I need to do <laughs> but then you didn't and you ruined my joke yep yep I I intentionally ruined a joke um but yeah, just like where they feel like like this thing has been been something that they didn't even realize that they just spent two hours on it. And I would I would imagine um that it may not be that exact thing, but there may be something in the realm of that that would would actually would actually be that um that muse for them. So so for me, that thing is usually watching YouTube videos. And I, okay. I feel I feel more like someone coming off a binge than being creative when I'm like, oh man, I just burnt two hours and I have literally seen nothing useful in the last two hours. I did Sorry, see some funny clarify, cat videos, but I should clarify that you're not just like it's not full on consumption. Like like and that like binging binging TV is probably not um, considered a creative thing unless well, it causes you to to maybe do something. Well, so so personally. I've been down this road a few times and I don't like, I don't feel like I have a thing that is like totally me and I just love to do it. You know, I can get lost doing it. Um, and so that's why I, I don't know if there's, I'm not intentionally being defensive if I am, but there's a certain sense of like, Oh yeah, that's great and all, but not everybody falls into that category because I don't feel like I fall into that category. Uh, I've even been described as creative. I don't know if it's accurate or not. Um, but I don't feel like, uh, I don't feel like I do something productive and then go, wow, where'd all my time go? So that, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely something for me to think about. I think like, I think problem solving can be a a creative outlet as well. Um, I would actually say for you, that's one of the things that you excel at is you don't, when you go to, to solve a problem, it's not just like one solution covers everything, but like you actually approach the problem from a standpoint of like, of what's best, what is, what is needed and what are the resources, like all that kind of stuff. And, and you, you approach it in a very uh, creative manner, whereas other people would be lost um, in many of the things. I mean, and, and I've seen that in, in multiple scenarios. And so I know that it's, it's something that to be true, at least in my opinion. I appreciate that. Um, I'm not sure how to turn that into something therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a crappy house. <laughs> I don't know. What do you What do you think, Tim? Did we lose Tim? I got nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 All right. No, it's that's a good. I, I, you know, think about it. Maybe we can. Um, it'd be interesting to talk to like, like your wife, Andrew, since she is, she does do creative therapy as a job. Um, be curious to hear her thoughts on it sometime. Probably should have had her on for this 
podcast. <laughs> nah, you know. <laughs> Next time. There's plenty um, more where that came from. All right, so uh, so Tim, like, give us. Um, do you, do you have any other like resources for people that that you talked talked about YouTube and Google? Um, people want to find their their creative spark, but uh, have you ever come across anything else that people should should check into? No, I think I mean, there's what billions of videos on YouTube. You can find something there, and you can. And if you need a break from trying to find something, then yeah, you've got cat videos. So. <laughs> There's, that, there's always cat videos to fall back on. Okay. All right. And if people want to get hold of you or maybe even find out something about, uh, find out some of your music, uh, where, where would they go? Uh, they can go to yordymusic.com. And as I said, you can, you can check out my music on there. You can stream it. Um, I'm also, I'm on Twitter, just Tim Yordy at, at, at Tim Yordy. I guess that's how you say it. I'm not a, not a very good Twitterite. Um, but yeah, those are the places. Okay. All right. Cool. And that's Yordy with a D, not a T. Correct. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Y O R D Y. Yes, and we'll Yordy link to music. it in the. Yep. There you go. Okay. We'll link to it in the show notes too. Um. All right. Last question. Well, two questions. Um, rapid fire. First thing that comes to mind. Um. Your what's your go-to comfort food? Ooh. Uh, yeah. That's that's a tough one because with. As I get older, I have more and more dietary things that don't agree with me. Uh, so it's had to change over the years. All right, what's your current um, one? Uh, I eat too much Chipotle. I'll say that. Um, way too much Chipotle. Uh, yeah, I'm on the road four or five days a week, a few hundred miles a day, and I'm, I'm there way too often. So I don't know if it's comfort food. It's just it's, it's my go-to food, though. Okay, all right. And where is the like the best place that you've ever eaten at, like best food, best atmosphere, like the whole package? Uh, I got to say it's a place in Washington, D.C. called Fat Pete's. Okay. It's this barbecue place. I, I travel in the south a good good bit, and I always, you know, they've got great barbecue down there. Up in Pennsylvania, we don't we don't have too many good places for barbecue. There's a few, but... So whenever I'm down in the south, I try and find some new barbecue place to go, and... Um, Still, of all the places I've gone, Fat Pete's in Washington D.C. is is the top of the list. All right, all right, good to know. I have to cool. check well, that out sometime. Yeah, for sure. Hey, well, uh, thanks, Tim. Thanks for coming on and and sharing with us and uh, allowing us to to ask you some tough questions and to talk about this this topic. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, for our listeners, um, if you wouldn't mind, if you love this episode and you've been enjoying the podcast, uh, just take a moment and. Rate us on iTunes. goes a long way to help um, getting, uh, getting this out and share it with your friends, too. And I guess we will see you all next week.